Hi, and welcome to the Samuel and Manuel movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm Manny Manuel. How goes it for you this week, Manny? It's going well, my friend, other than a little uh, injury I have in my right arm from uh, softball last night. Uh, I realized... Yeah, I'm sure that's what it's from. Yeah, trust, <laughs> trust me, that's what it's from. Um, <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I'm, I won't lie. I'm actually in some, uh, some pretty bad pain, but uh, it may work harder than it need to be, but all I kept thinking is if you just power through today, you get to reward yourself with this fine time tonight. Well, you know what they say, the show must go on. So uh, the fans appreciate the sacrifice you're making tonight, and we'll uh, we'll give them a hell of a show. Hells yeah. Hells and what, yeah. what a show it is, by the way, because uh, <laughs> this has been one that you and I have been actually talking about for a while. I, haven't, I hadn't seen this movie before, um, but you had definitely told me to watch it a bunch, and uh, this episode finally presented an excuse to get it watched, and that would be the, I believe, 2002. Uh, where, where is this movie from? Is it Hong Kong? Hong Kong. Yeah, the 2002 Hong Kong crime movie, uh, Infernal Affairs, which inspired the 2006 classic by Martin Scorsese, The Departed, which won uh, the best picture that year, actually. So, yeah, definitely one that you've been telling me to watch for a while. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad that we uh, we finally got a chance to. When I saw that this was added into Netflix, it immediately jumped to the top of my list uh, if I was to ever win one of our uh, tete-a-tete... <laughs> in the rare event uh, that you win one yeah, of those. Yeah, in the rare event that I come out ahead in the uh, the quiz up quiz, uh, I was definitely going to uh, slam this one down. And I'm glad that we finally got a chance to. Uh, so before we get into uh, our thoughts, our general thoughts into it, uh, Infernal Affairs was released in 2002 um, in Hong Kong. Uh, the director is Wai Kung Lao. Uh, he also goes by Andrew Lau, uh, not the Andy Lau that is the, uh, the the main character in the movie. And the co-director was Alan Mack, who is one of the writers as well as Felix Chong. Uh, it's a 75 Metascore, uh, a budget of 6.5 million, and the box office was only 8.7. Um, I was actually under the impression that this was one of the biggest hits in Hong Kong. Um, mm-hmm. So when I looked up the box office and I saw it was that low, I was kind of surprised. Um, but again, I don't know how the box office like what would be considered at that time in 2002 a massive hit in Hong Kong um this did take home uh, numerous awards um in the in Hong Kong um just looking it up now um it won 7 out of the 16 awards it was nominated for at the 22nd Hong Kong Film Awards um and then it won best picture at the Golden Horse Awards and the Golden Bohini Awards um as well um, I segueing from there. Um, obviously, well, most likely, obviously, I love this movie. Um, I don't remember how I discovered this movie. Um, I'm pretty sure it was mentioned in a magazine I had a subscription to, or maybe I read an interview somebody talking about Infernal Affairs. But I saw this um, probably around 2005, 2006. Um, and immediately fell in love with it. Uh, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I was a little bit into, um, not really, I shouldn't say a little bit. I was into a a few Hong Kong action thriller movies, mostly John Woo, um, Hard Boiled, The Killer, um, A Better Tomorrow. Um, Those ones were just absolutely phenomenal, which I will probably make you watch uh, eventually as well. 
Um, but this one, I, I think, might be my favorite. Um, I absolutely love this movie. And then um, when I heard it was being remade in America, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, I I was over the moon. Um, and to give everyone a heads up, um, Sam... As he stated before, The Departed is one of his favorite movies, so we're going to be comparing the two of these throughout the review um, because the comparisons... The Departed is a remake of this movie, and the similarities are numerous, uh, and the differences are... The differences between them are pretty big. Um, but The differences are actually pretty interesting in this movie, and we'll get into that later in depth, of course, but... Especially towards the end, I I was very intrigued to see the direction that they went with it. Obviously, get to that when we get to spoilers. Yeah, um, we're um, so that's kind of my general thoughts. I'm actually really excited to hear yours. Uh, my general thoughts: I, I enjoyed this movie, and yeah, as you as you mentioned, and I mentioned before, Departed being one of my favorite movies. My thoughts about this movie were inevitably going to be relative to the departed so i mean i'm looking down at my notebook right now and i'm i'm some some of the characters are referred to in this movie as matt damon and leonardo dicaprio in my notes just (laughs) because i mean those are their their uh their counterparts in the american version uh i i have also written oh i liked this better than the departed because of this reason and that better so um I, i think this movie was sort of doomed to not live up to the hype for me simply because i like the departed so much fair enough that being said, I, I did really enjoy it. It was interesting to see, especially the shorter runtime, what effect that would have on the plot and how much more compact it is. Yep. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. I, I still like The Departed better. Uh, that's probably just not going to change, and that there's almost no logical reason for that. There's no like one re- one thing I can point to that's just like ah that that was worse or anything like that. I just uh, The Departed is very near and dear to me, so I can't. Uh, I can't find it in me to elevate this movie above it. That being said, it was pretty enjoyable and pretty well crafted. And I'm, I was, yeah, I was sort of interested because I've never seen, I knew that this movie was the real life or was the inspiration for the departed. I didn't realize just how closely the departed followed it. There are a lot of scenes that are almost direct ripoffs or at the very least, uh, you know, very, very extremely inspired by scenes in this movie. Um, so, if anything, uh, this movie just uh, achieved uh, me liking The Departed less. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all that it really did. But overall, I I enjoyed it. Not as good as The, as the Departed for me, but uh, yeah, pretty good. Good. I'm glad. I'm I'm really glad that uh, that you enjoyed it. I, I was pretty sure you would, um, but I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, I I don't think that you should have to feel that you uh, like The Departed less because. You know, this movie is is based. The Departed was based on this movie, just like um, the movie Misery is based on the book Misery. You know, it yeah. it, it has to it. You know, wants to follow that. It's not it's not inspired by. It's it's basically a full on remake. Um, yeah, I think the difference there, and I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but the difference between this and maybe a novel adaptation is that The Departed has a lot of you know, a lot of shots, a lot of plot lines, like a lot of things that are very specific to the filmmaking medium mm-hmm. like when you, when you adapt a book into a movie you inevitably have to make some changes because there are some things in novels that only work in novels and there's some things in movies that only work in movies so there are always going to be some changes and you always have to make decisions about you know 
who's in the shot at what time and how the editing goes and things that are very specific to filmmaking. But adapting a film to a film is a little bit riskier because, you know, you, you run the risk of being too similar and copying shots too directly. And it's a very thin line between homage and ripoff, in my opinion. So uh, it, upon watching this movie, that's what I sort of meant by I enjoy The Departed less now. Not that I, and that's maybe sort of a harsh way of stating it, but I can sort of see some of the things I really liked about The Departed weren't original ideas. Mm. And uh, that, you know, maybe will take away from my enjoyment upon rewatch maybe not but it was just uh sort of odd for me to see i i can totally understand that um i i figured because i'd seen this before the departed was made i kind of figured that there because for me i like i loved this movie so much i was hoping like i was terrified that they would like bastardize it i was like all they need to do is if they just follow the main plot and the main ideas and stuff like that, I'm like, they're going to have a hit on their hands. Um, because this is, it's such a great plot. And I guess for lack of, like, I don't want to say it was, it was a great script, but like, it was a great script idea. Um, and so I, the only problem for me, uh, and we'll definitely get into that as we get into spoilers, is that the big moments when I was watching The Parted, I already knew were coming. And so they didn't have... But the very end, the last scene of The Departed must have shocked the shit out of you then, hey? Yes, and that was was one of my enjoyments. It was how different the ending was for The Departed as it was to this one. Um, Again, when we get into spoilers, I'll talk about it more. I actually have a hard time deciding which ending I like better. But if I'm forced Mm -hmm. to choose, I'm probably going to go with Infernal Affairs. Interesting. Um, the yeah um maybe we can discuss that a little bit more in depth when we get into spoiler territory because i i want to i want to argue about the about the ending a little bit yeah if, for sure yeah um so i, I just want to say by the way and i'm sorry to cut you off yet again um but you mentioned john Wu earlier and i'm on the wikipedia page for uh infernal affairs are you aware that uh the inspiration for this movie came from john Wu's classic movie face off starring john travolta and nicholas cage no really <laughs> yeah have you yeah, seen, have you seen that movie right now what's that have you seen face off I haven't actually, and I really want to because I love ridiculous Nicolas Cage movies. Oh shit, son! Did you just? Do you make the decision? I think you just decided. I th- I'm, yeah, I maybe. <laughs> I think... I'd, I'd be up for it, but uh, you can you can think on that if you want. Holy fuck balls! No, because I've, I've I'm calling it right now. Great... I'm calling it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about Face Off, but yeah. Um, apparently that was uh this movie. Lau's inspiration for it he just wanted to have a more realistic situation but the same sort of idea of two people swapping identities but he he wanted to have it obviously more grounded in reality reality and less nicholas cagey for lack of a better word but yeah i thought that was kind of interesting holy fuck balls i'm so fucking excited right now <laughs> of course we i guess we just spoiled something as well right yeah probably whatever <laughs> i mean you can edit it out or you can leave it in now nah, leave it in yeah, I'm cares? sure. I'm sure everyone had their money on me, anyways. 
<laughs> I know I did. Okay, uh, is All there right. anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, hop full on into spoilers? No, I think I'm good. Uh, let's let's uh, dive into spoilers. So heads up to anybody who hasn't seen Infernal Affairs. Here's your chance now. Um, please pause here. Go watch Infernal Affairs. It is available on Netflix right now. Um, so go watch it. Come back and join us as we uh, talk in depth and spoil uh, the rest of Infernal Affairs. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's dive in. All right, Infernal Affairs, um, the plot synopsis, a story between a mole in the police department and an undercover cop. Their objectives are the same, to find out who is the mole and who is the cop. Um, so we'll start off here, uh, uh, and I'm going to probably butcher some of the character names here because I am 100% uh, North American and have <laughs> no Chinese or Cantonese or whatever dialect of asian language they speak in hong kong so i apologize if i offend anybody by my mispronunciation uh it is cantonese thank you which which i totally knew and did not look up on wikipedia as you were talking <laughs> at least i said it off the top of my head yeah. <laughs> um, chan wing yan a police officer goes undercover into a triad only his direct superior superintendent wong is aware of his mission and true identity around the same time lao king ming a triad member infiltrates the Hong Kong police force on the orders of a powerful gang boss, Han Sam. Each mole has been planted by the rival organization to gain advantage in intelligence over the other side. Over the course of 10 years, Chan experiences great stress from his undercover work, while Lau quickly rises through the ranks in the police department. Um, so the opening of this movie, I liked that they kind of just dove right in. Um, again to play it against The Departed, The Departed did the same thing. Um, the Departed did give a little bit more background with Matt Damon's character, showing him as a young boy. Um, Infernal Affairs starts off with um, the recruitment of these uh, young triad members going into uh, the police force, and then they, they barely touch upon uh, them at cadet school, and that's where uh, Chan... Um, is recruited to go undercover. Uh, I did like that scene where Superintendent Wong uh, asks what he thinks of him, and he tells him that he's wearing mismatched socks. And <laughs> so tries he must to be, be in a hurry. Yeah, so he must be in a hurry. He tries yeah. to be as respectful as possible. Um, it was it was a, a cute moment, and uh, I liked it. Um, I also liked that they showed that Chan, um, as he's rising up through the triad um, is having serious issues with it. Um, it goes by a little too quickly. I, I wish they could have dove into it a little bit more um, because that becomes really important later on. Um, but at least they they really showed that he was truly having a hard time being in the triad um, as an undercover police officer. Yeah. Um, I, I like a lot of the setup with uh, Superintendent Wong. Uh, I like a lot of the the early stuff in this movie where I think uh, the, the first moment of, I guess, confusion for me, for lack of a better word, um, obviously knowing the structure of uh, The Departed, I sort of knew what to expect with this movie, but um, the sudden transition to them in adulthood where they change actors, um, I could have used like a match cut or something or, uh, or some sort of transitional device or some sort of editing to show like, okay, this person is now this person and this person is now this person. It, we just sort of cut to a scene of them 
uh, in in, uh, an electronics store. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it took me a second to realize who they both were, actually, because there was that lack of explanation. I don't know if that's something I just wasn't paying attention to closely enough, but I thought maybe directorially there was something else they can do. I don't know if you have maybe a thought on that. Uh, There was a couple. I I can understand where you're coming from. I guess I didn't... I'd have a hard time thinking back to when I first watched this movie to see if I would have had a a similar feeling, but I've seen this movie so many times, um, I kind of gloss over that, but I could understand why you feel that way. Um, touching upon the electronic scene, I love that scene. That's a great scene. I, I actually uh, went back and rewatched it after I like after I sort of realized halfway through, like, oh, like this is who these people are. I rewound it and I uh, I watched the I watched the scene again. <laughs> it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely better <laughs> with the knowledge of who they are. Yes, yeah. uh, and I like I like how they bring it back, sort of at the end uh, when they first see each other. I almost find it a little bit unbelievable that they could recognize each other after whatever it is, you know, three years that uh, that uh, the gentleman who's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, uh, counterpart. Yeah, that's right. Um, I find it a little bit unbelievable that they could recognize each other uh, after all those years, but I guess it's not completely out of the question. Yeah, that that's and I can understand that, but at the same point, like these kind of people are supposed to be. Um, oh, sure, sure. Like, like highly intelligent. Like you hear all these stories about CIA agents who can name or can tell you about every person in the room as soon as they walk in. Um, but I, I get it. It's it's not a huge thing. Um, I did I like mean, the Yan is shown to be very intelligent and that scene with SP Wong showed that earlier, how perceptive he is and how good he is at noticing things. So I mean I, I've made probably two complaints so far and they've both sort of been very nitpicky. I think a part of me almost sort of didn't want to like this movie as much. It was like, oh this is stupid <laughs> and that's stupid. And I'm just like taking apart all these dumb things. Like every every complaint I or most of the complaints I have about this movie are are sort of arbitrary, I guess. There are a couple that I, I could like to improve, but yeah, so far so good. Honestly, nothing, nothing too egregiously. I, uh, I trust me, I get it. It's the same thing yeah. I did with Forrest Gump because it was up against Pulp Fiction <laughs> for Best Picture. And I okay. tried everything I could to do to find <laughs> things wrong with Forrest Gump, and uh, yeah, it was, hard, it was hard to I'm do. Trying but... to be open-minded here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on from there. Um, this uh, this next paragraph doesn't even really kind of begin to scratch the surface of how great this next part is, but I'll read it anyways. Using Morse code, Chan is able to relay data back to the police. However, Lao alerts Han, giving him enough time to order his minions to dispose of the evidence. After the incident, both Wong and Wong and Han are tasked with finding the moles in their respective organization. That little paragraph is such a shitty way to describe this great, this incredible scene from start to finish. This scene is like, this scene is better than the one in The Departed. This scene is really good uh, mm-hmm. because The Departed tried to uh, sort of match this scene, but I love how uh, they included, uh, I love how this one has a focus on Morse code and sort of a, the communication that way. I love the subtlety of the realization um, that uh, Wong is using uh is using Morse code to communicate. I love the, there's all these uh, close-ups on their hands tapping at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, you're not really sure why until this scene and, uh, and the guy figures it out. Um, so I'm, 
I'm having trouble remembering all the names. Lao. Lao figures it out uh, and because of how smart he is. Uh, and just uh, the way the, the close-ups are mapped out in this scene to sort of map out his realization and put you in his head mm-hmm. is really, really good. And this scene's just... Uh, one of the highlights, honestly. Yeah, and it's just it's again like like Lau. Um, and for those that aren't sure, um, Lau would be Matt Damon's character. Chan would be Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Um, I love how Lau noticed that uh, Superintendent Wong had two different earpieces in, and that's where he clued in about there's somebody else. Um, I love that um, Chan had the the Morse code hidden in his cast, which you see in The Departed. It's just played differently in this one. Um, yeah. Han, I, I love... My only complaint, I guess for me, my complaint about um, Infernal Affairs is because I don't speak Cantonese, um, for me, the performances appear to be pretty good and not cheesy and over the top, but I don't know the inflection, I don't know the intonation of the language, so I can't tell if their performances are as good as what I'm imagining them to be, mm-hmm. um, which is my, that's, that's really my biggest complaint about watching Infernal Affairs. Um, it's, I think it's, I think for me, it's just the, the Cantonese and down the line, even, even maybe Chinese or Japanese language. And actually, I guess that's not true because I really enjoyed the performances in Letters from Iwo Jima, um, mm. which was Japanese. And I didn't have much problem determining who was a strong or who was a weak actor in there. Um, Maybe it's just my my love of this movie clouds my judgment, but it seemed to me like I really liked um, Han Sam a lot. Um, yeah, no, he was he was honestly one of the better performances that you could notice. I think. Wait, I mean, as far as the Cantonese goes, I think that sort of language uses a lot of inflection. Like in English, we only use inflection basically to mark question marks. If yeah. you have an word inflection, that's a question at the end of your sentence, but. Cantonese uses it all over the place for all sorts of different meanings. So, like, it's really difficult for English speakers to try to pick up on uh, on subtleties, uh, especially in Chinese languages. I think for me, like the fo- like the four leads of this movie, Chan, Lao, Superintendent Wong, and Han Sam are all standouts. Um, they are. I think probably for me, um, I can't remember uh, the character's name. Um, he's the one that befriends Chan. He's kind of the crazy one. Um, He's kind of the, kind of the comedic relief in the movie. Um, uh, it's uh, Tony. Oh, sorry, no, um, that's the actor's name. Uh, Kung is it? K E U N G. That's him. Yep. Um, I think out of everyone, he might be the weakest. Um, but I, I'm glad that the four leads um, are really strong. Um, but back to the scene. Um, mm. I love. Um, I love how. And I really like the character of Lao in this version, which is like the opposite of The Departed because they really – I think that's one of the reasons that I like this one so much is that both Lao and Chan um, are the heroes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're pitted against one another, um, you can root for either one. Um, in The Departed, I don't think anybody was rooting for Matt Damon. Um, no, absolutely not. And I also, I, I think that's a difference in the cultures between Asians and Americans. Um, I think they, a lot, I think Asians are a little bit more forgiving. They're allowed, people are allowed to redeem themselves, mm. where North American culture, they need a villain. Um, that's interesting. I actually didn't think of that. Um, I mean, to play devil's advocate on that point, Jack Nicholson in The Departed is a pretty damn strong villain. Um, 
So do you think, uh, do you dislike the direction they took with Matt Damon in that? Or, no, or, or I, I don't. Relative I, to this? No, I, I don't. I, 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 like, I like what they did. I just don't feel that... If you look at the difference, like Matt Damon and um, Andrew Lau, who plays Lau in this movie, um, while they're playing the same, I guess, role in the film, though, these are two completely different characters. Yeah, they they certainly are. Like um, like like vastly different. Yeah. Well, when we get to the end, I mean, that'll become even more apparent because I I remember thinking during this scene, especially like this this guy's really smart and this guy is going places. And if only he applied himself to being a cop instead of being a gangster, then uh, then you know he could he could definitely do all sorts of good. But Matt Damon is just a complete piece of shit from yes. beginning to end, and. Yeah, I, I thought that difference was interesting, and I honestly still don't know how to feel about that. I think I'm still developing an opinion on that difference, uh, and, and that's and that's fine. Um, and I guess on the flip side, um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Chan in this movie are pretty similar. Um, yeah, pretty similar. Um, the main difference for people looking for a difference, I guess, for the the, the biggest difference for me. Um, is that uh, there's no analog for Sergeant Dingham in Yeah, in it's Affairs. just F.P. Wong uh, taking sort of the place as Dingham and um, Martin Sheen's character, whose name escapes me right now. Yeah. Um, and even then, like, there, like, there's not even real... There's no big threatening scene of, you know, like, like Chan's obviously stressed out uh, and then obviously the other big difference is the l- complete lack of female characters. Infernal Affairs really makes you assume hard on some stuff with the female characters. Uh, we can get to that. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. I, I just want to finish up on on the scene that we've kind of gone here. Um, yeah. So when the cops bust uh, Han Sam, I again, I, I'm still piecing it as this scene of this bust is when Han Sam is in the police station and him and Superintendent Wong face off against one another. Such a great scene. Um, You can almost see the, like the, it's almost a mutual respect for what the other does. And they both know that they're in this sort of eternal chess match. Um, And that is sort of a theme of the movie. There's like a quote from uh, uh, a holy tech, the Nirvana Sutra, a, a, I think it's the holy text of Buddhism uh, that uh, comes at the beginning. Uh, the worst of the eight hells is continuous hell, and it sort of makes reference to this this cycle uh, that's that's ever going. And the worst type of hell is just being stuck in the same place. And I think the two of them sort of know. It's almost like the Joker in Batman. It's, uh, he says that we're destined to do this forever. Yeah. I, I feel like that's almost sort of the relationship they have. It's a, a weird sort of mutual respect. I agree. Um... So yeah, like the, this this whole this whole drug deal gone wrong, the the confrontation in the police station, um, as both of them, and there again, part of as a little bit of the difference is that these two confront each other and full on admit and know that the, each one of them has a mole. Yeah, and uh, I love that line. You know, they talk about that card game. Each one of them has a card in their pocket. You have to try and guess what card is in your pocket, and Han Sam goes. I can see your card. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. And uh, and HP Wong or uh, SP Wong comes back with uh, and the loser of the game is or, or the 
the the punishment for losing the game is death or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was the pretty badass retort. It is. It's it's such it's such a great scene, and it um, makes me wish that I spoke Cantonese because like one of the highlights of The Departed is the wit and some of the back and forth between uh, Dingham and uh, DiCaprio or uh, or between uh, Jack Nicholson's character and whoever he's in a scene with. So I'm sure there is some of that going on here, and there's some uh, playfulness between Yan and Wong uh, at the beginning of the movie when they meet on top of the building. But I'm sure some of that's lost in translation, which is sort of unfortunate. Yeah. Um... So moving on from there, uh, Superintendent Wong intends to pull Chan out of undercover work for fear of his safety. However, uh, he is caught... Whoa. We're already there? <laughs> All right. He's caught by Han's men and is killed when he's thrown off the building, having refused to reveal Chan despite the beating from the gangsters. Yeah, I think uh, I had sort of the same reaction when this scene came up because, again, The Departed's, I think, close to three hours long. And uh, and this movie's about an hour 40, if I remember correctly. Yeah, both there, yeah. So I remember coming to uh, both the previous scene uh, of the drug bust and this scene where uh, Wong's tossed off the building and just being like, oh, shit, <laughs> we're, we're just cruising on along. This movie's wasting no time. And again, it's another one of those differences. I don't really know how I feel about it. I liked the time that The Departed took to develop its characters and give uh, especially uh, Billy Costigan, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, the the depth that they gave him, but we really don't know a lot about these characters. SP Wong's uh, death honestly kind of rang a little bit hollow for me um, because there we've seen one scene of him and Yan together, as far as I remember, or two scenes I guess, but one real conversation of uh, them on the rooftop, and it was pretty argumentative already at that point. So we didn't really get a lot of the the fatherly stuff that we got from Martin Sheen, Leonardo DiCaprio and the departed. Mm-hmm. So that was one difference. I, I think I could have used a little bit more of their relationship so that Wong's death could have had more of an effect. I, I can't, I can't argue with, I can't argue with that. Um, but for me, um, the difference, the difference for, and again, like I, I admit, um, Martin Sheen's death and the departed didn't affect me because I knew it was coming because mm-hmm. I'd seen this movie. So when this, I remember when I saw this the first time and Superintendent Wong's body hits that car as Chan is walking in the building and they really play up how much it affects Chan. It cuts to that, that really, I don't even know how to, I don't even know the right way to describe the score. Um, mm. Honestly, <laughs> it's melancholy. And melancholy it is this is going to sound cheesy but it's actually it's meant as a compliment because this game meant a lot to me it reminded me a lot of final fantasy 7 um, <laughs> but that's the mood that's kind of the music and the mood that was that was playing and they really linger on chan's face as he starts to realize everything that's going on the only person that knows that he is undercover is now dead and mm-hmm. also this man who is like a father to him is dead in front of his eyes because of him and all the, and they just keep, and they don't pull away and they just keep slowly pulling in on Chan's face. And I like the performance because you know that he's devastated inside. He's trying his best to stay composed because that's his job as an undercover agent. Um, but his whole world has just come crashing down around him. Um, I, I will just also say that, uh, the montage for me didn't really work 
as intended. Um, I think it, it came off to me as a little bit, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Over dramatic, for, for lack of a better term. I know there's a word for it, I can't remember. Um, but uh, just the, the flashing back to things that we've seen it previously in the movie just sort of struck me as a waste of time to be completely blunt about it. Like, obviously it's a very emotional moment and I don't know, maybe it's just that I'm not used to it, but using montage and this really hyper dramatic score just seemed a little bit overkill to me. To, like I, I didn't feel like the director was really letting the moment play out organically. He was, it was just like him holding up a flashing neon sign like hey this is your time to feel sad mm-hmm. sort of thing and i felt sort of manipulated by it as a as a consumer but i don't know maybe maybe that's just me uh, uh legit point i i just i didn't feel that way at all not okay. that i got not that i got not that this scene brought out emotions from me like it, it did this definitely did not make me cry um but uh i definitely i definitely felt more with uh superintendent wong's death than i did for martin sheen's um, and I don't know if these sort of montages, uh, there are sort of montages that play out at every uh, every important death in this movie, um, just showing the emotional connection. I don't know if that's the norm in uh, Asian cinema or in Hong Kong cinema, but it, it struck me as pretty as a pretty not Hollywood thing to do, or I guess a pretty outdated Hollywood technique. I don't know if that's just by nature of uh, of the market or whatever. Um, but yeah, it. it it struck me as a little bit odd, to be honest with you. It's fair. I d- I'm not. I don't have enough knowledge on Hong Kong cinema to, to give an honest reply to that. Okay. Um. Let's see. So. Uh, yeah, I think I guess that's that's that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, through this incident, Lao retrieves Wong's cell phone and contacts Chen. Both of them agree to. F- oh man, you know what? You know what they skipped over? They skipped over the uh, the. Didn't they skip over the movie theater scene? Uh, yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Um, they definitely did. And that's where Chan almost catches Lao. Um, yeah. And I like, I definitely like, I like this version more than I like the Departed version. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, I just, I just felt it was a little bit more tense. But again, I saw this first prior to the Departed. Um, yeah. I liked you know this this scene was played a little bit more serious where in the departed they met in a porn theater yeah um, and jack nicholson uses that fucking dildo as a joke and stuff like that but the, the the departed definitely has a lot more of the sexual stuff especially with jack nicholson jack nicholson's character is a uh, is just a a sexual deviant and a and a complete prick so yeah it works but i think it works well in that movie with those particular actors but that uh Infernal Affairs has a lot more of a, uh, I guess, a serious tone than that. So I, I think it worked well for the movie it was in. I, I think the the tonal change was good for The Departed, but it all, I'm glad that this scene did not take place in a porn theater in this movie. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and then again, like uh, this is where they show off the, I guess, detective skills of one of them. As as uh, Chan notices, Lau has the uh, habit of uh, slapping the folder against his leg, which comes mm-hmm. into play later on. Um, I just want to touch on that because I, I, I did like that scene. Um, mm. and this is also what predates this is again, um, the departed uses this to try and f- find the mole 
Han asked everyone in his crew to fill out these forms, and Chan writes on the on the envelope holding everything. Uh, he spells out bodyguard, um, which mm. comes into play later. To be fair, I couldn't spell God, bodyguard in Cantonese either. <laughs> Neither could I. I'm so glad that he taught me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so through, uh, so now we're back here. Uh, through this incident, Lauer chiefs Wong's cell phone and contacts Chan. Both of them agree, agree to foil a drug deal by Han. The plan succeeds and many of Han's men are arrested while Lau betrays Han and murders him. Everything seems to return to normal. However, back at the police headquarters, Chan discovers that Lau was the mole and leaves immediately. I'm really glad I touched on that. Um, yeah. This is uh, this is one of the big. I, I guess this is one of the big differences. Uh, uh, one of the, like I said, there's a lot of similarities with the, between the Departed and Infernal Affairs. Uh, a lot of similarities that are incredibly similar, but when they're different, they're incredibly different. Um, and this is one of them. In the Departed, and the spoilers for the Departed, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, Matt Damon kills Jack Nicholson to protect himself. Mm-hmm. This is apparent that Lau has turned over a leaf. He's not doing this to protect himself. He's not doing it a coward's way. He actually, you can see that he enjoys being a police officer. And he kills Han. It is probably to protect himself. But he goes in with Chan to foil this drug deal and to kill him and to his... You can tell Lau's plan the whole time is to become a police officer and work up the ranks and and he enjoys his life. In Um, his way, uh, he's sort of redeeming himself with it too because he's lost complete... uh, His his crew's trust is completely gone. Uh, You see as he's walking into the room and saying like, Hey, we need to we need to do this mission tonight. Nobody responds to him, and he's just lost the loyalty of his crew. And he needs to do this to regain their trust as well. Yeah. And um, uh, I, sorry, uh, I wanted to ask you. Maybe maybe I'm jumping ahead there, so you finish uh, finish any no, thoughts you might. No, go ahead. I was going to say that after after the death uh, of the of the boss, um, what do you make of him deleting Yun's file? Uh, is is there some sort of different interpretation I missed of that? Because it still just kind of seems like he's being a self-preserving dick. No, no, no. Uh, no, you have to remember. Okay, so he doesn't go in to delete it. He goes in to um, he, he goes in to get his – to retrieve something, to retrieve his file. It's when he tur- – that's and while he's out of the room, that's when Chan discovers that Lao is the mole and mm-hmm. disappears. When Lau's walking back, he sees that he's gone. He looks through the window and sees in his own office that that envelope had been seen. That's yeah. when he goes to delete it because at that point it's about self-preservation. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I wanted to ask about because yeah, that the way that was the way I had interpreted it too. Okay, um, but I just if we are assuming that he's different from. Uh, Matt Damon, he does have all these differences, which up up until this point is true. Uh, this seems like a pretty out of character moment for Lau if he has turned over this new leaf, because it, it so happens that this moment is inconsequential because uh, we're told via text card later that uh, that somebody else found his file and it was all fine. It was all fine in the end, which totally seems like a cop out to me, but I digress. Um, but I, I don't know. Like this is self preservation. But if he is going to meet with Jan with the intention of being arrested by him, 
why bother deleting his file? I I don't know. It it struck me as out of character for for Lau. It was in character for Matt Damon because Matt Damon only cares about himself. But for Lau in this movie, it seemed a little out of character. I don't know if I'm missing something. Here. I I I don't I don't see how it's out of character. Just because he's redeemed himself doesn't mean that he wants to go to jail. Fair, right? And for all but we he's know, allow- he's, he's still allowing himself to be uh, arrested by. Uh, by Jan, though, so... Well, I guess he is the only person left... Eh, I don't know, but if if he really is set on uh, uh, on helping out Jan, which he seems to be, then deleting his file isn't really, way to, isn't really the way to do that, right? Well, it's, it, at the moment, like, it, we don't know... We don't know what he decided, like, in the moment, as Chan's left... Lao has to make a decision. Yeah. And so it's about self-preservation. Perhaps after he's deleted, he's decided that he he want he, that he's willing to redeem himself afterwards. So I, I don't I don't see it as out of character. I don't think anybody would have done anything differently. That's a it's a reasonable explanation. Um uh, Chan and Lao meet on the same rooftop where Wong was killed earlier. Uh, Chan disarms Lao and holds a pistol to his head as a rebuke to Lao's plea for forgiveness and request to remain as a cop. Inspector B arrives on the scene shortly and orders Chan to release Lao. Chan holds Lao as a hostage at gunpoint and backs into the elevator. But upon moving his head from behind Lao, he is suddenly, he is suddenly shot in the head by B. B then reveals to Lao that he is also a mole planted by on Sam. As they take the lift down the lobby, Lao kills B out of his out of his desire to eradicate traces of his past, become a good guy cop, and end the mole hunt. Um, again, this is where the dramatic differences between The Departed and uh, Infernal Affairs take place. Um, when I watched this and saw Chan getting killed, I'm pretty sure I screamed. Um, <laughs> I, loved, I loved Chan, I loved Lao, um, and I loved how abrupt... It was uh, that he got shot. Um, it was, it was well done. Um, and then the elevator door continuing to close on his body was a nice touch. It was violent and shocking. Um, yeah. And the fact that, and then B reveals that he too is a mole, um, which they show you at the beginning of the movie, but you because they never touch on them again. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons th- it's one of the reasons leading up into this that I really like this movie and then what happens when Lao kills B I loved even more um, because I really liked I really liked Lao I really liked his character I loved his arc I love how he, he just wants to redeem himself he knows what he's done but he wants to redeem himself and you, and you can see it and that's the difference again one of the differences between Lao and Matt Damon is Lao's asking for the chance to be a good cop he's shown these big big cop Damon's begging for his life. He's being he knows he's busted, he knows he's fucked, he's being he turns into a complete bitch. He probably would have sucked Leo's cock if he if Leo said. Would have had a hateful eight situation on our hands with uh, Sam Jackson. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But Lau was Lau just wanted to show him that he could be a cop and obviously Chan can't trust him. But I feel that if Chan had given him that chance, Lao would not have disappointed him. In no way, at any point in the movie, did he come across as anything other than 
at, at, when he's made the decision to be, become noble, did he show anything that led me to believe that he wouldn't be? Not saying that Chan didn't make the right decision to try and take him in because he he was the mole and Chan is a good cop. Um, but seeing him get killed and then Lao killing B uh, in the elevator, which I love that they don't show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it opens. I think that's sort of in preservation of uh, of Lao's image too, because if he does have this sort of hero image at this point in the movie, you know, watching him just essentially execute somebody doesn't really hold true with uh with that character so i like that from a directorial perspective just that they decided you know we'll let this happen off screen and uh preserve the audience's uh ideal image of this person yeah and possible the like you don't know until those elevator doors open who's still yeah. alive yeah yeah um, um, i do like uh, i do like the line he says as he exits the elevator as well as he's holding up his badge and he, he looks proud he has this proud look in his face and says, I am a cop. Or, or looks at everyone with their guns pointed at him and says, I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. And he looks really proud when he says that. I like the performance in that scene. Yeah. Um, so right there, stepping out of the lift, Lao shows his identity card to the police to identify himself as one of them. Months after Chan's death, Lee discovers records revealing Chan's true identity as an undercover police officer. B becomes a scapegoat for Lao as the real mole in the police force and the case is closed. Lao salutes Chan at his funeral. A flashback reaffirms a point that Lao wished he had taken a different, a different route in life, um, yeah. which they showed at at the beginning of the movie, uh, and they finish it uh, here. Is that Lao wished that he was Chan? Um, I really liked those bookends, uh, yeah. and they have when I, I believe it's when uh, uh, when Yan is leaving uh, the academy, and he says uh, the some somebody yells it's their like their drill sergeant or i don't know what the what the technical term would be but they're they're sort of uh their boss as it were yells yeah. who want who wants to end up like him and oh, no who wants to trade places with him yeah exactly he says i do yeah. and then uh that sort of is mirrored in the last scene he says i do um which uh, it was a very interesting end to this character's arc and not one that i saw coming although backing up just the tick I, this is what I was talking about, where we have this uh, this text card that comes up and says, uh, Dr. Lee uh, discovers records affirming his identity as an undercover officer. That seemed like a really shoehorned way of trying to get this happy ending for me. Yeah. When I like, when I saw that, I, I like that's why that's another reason why I didn't like him deleting the record. If they had just not included him deleting the record, uh, like they wouldn't have had to include this. But it's like they included that. And then just thought, oh shit! Well, he deleted the record, so just put something up on screen that says, actually, everyone knows he's a he's an undercover cop anyway. And then then we get to have a happy ending. It seems seemed kind of rushed, honestly. Yeah, I get it. Everything like, there's a lot of stuff that they rush. Like this is only an hour and forty minutes, which is almost yeah. half as long as The Departed. Yeah, <laughs> which is nuts. Um, speaking of Doctor Lee, we haven't spoken about Doctor Lee. Right, and why would she, and why would we talk about Doctor Lee? We talked about Vera Farmiga's character Madeline in uh, in The Departed and how weak of a female character she is and how inconsequential she is. That was before I saw Infernal Affairs. <laughs> I, turns out I did not know the meaning of the word inconsequential. Uh, there are two women in this movie, um, barely, <laughs> and uh, I I kind of like the decision The Departed make to have. Leo and Matt Damon in love with the same woman because it sort of mirrors that theme of 
living alternate lives and she's doing the she's doing the same thing as them she's living sort of a, a double life um but why did they have to have Jan be in love with his uh in love with his therapist like I got nothing out of those scenes. It just seemed out of place and stupid, honestly. It it really took me out of the rest of the movie. The, the entire time they're in scenes together, I'm thinking, okay, when can we go back to, you know, drug busts? And when can we go back to the cat and mouse game we've been watching? It just, I mean, to be fair, they're only on screen together for like a fucking minute in total through the entire movie, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, there's what it, it there's... seemed like a hugely neglected plot line, which oh. really out of place. Well, speaking of neglected plot lines, what about the insinuation that Chan has a daughter with some other girl too? Yeah, right. Like, like I was like, did I miss? Is there a prequel to this movie, or like, is that where the other hour and hour and a half that the Departed uses is, is this backstory that he perhaps fathered a child with this woman that you see twice in this movie? Well, you know, this movie does have two sequels, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. like maybe that's explored in one of those. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you could have exercised the fatherhood thing completely yeah like she shows up for that one scene in the middle and throws you this fucking curveball you're like what the fuck and then you don't see her again until the funeral and that's it yeah right and then yeah i i agree with with dr lee she's not really needed you could have exercised her but she she does give him that one little glimmer of hope because she's the only one that possible the only other one besides superintendent wong who possibly knows that he's a cop. Um, yeah. But it's it's not, again, it, it wasn't really needed. Um, but that you got, like I said, that that's one of the glaring differences between The Departed and Infernal Affairs is that these female characters aren't needed. The other, oh, sorry, there is another female character, and that's Lau's fiancé? Yeah. Um, I actually do like her. She does have uh, some interesting things to say. She's writing a novel, about a guy with uh, 28 personalities. So she wrote Split, I guess, by <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. Um, but I I liked sort of her plot line. Not that she really had much of a plot or much to do, but some of her lines were sort of insightful to the theme about, like, you know, is this guy who has all these personalities, is he a good, bi- good guy or a bad guy? How are we supposed to know when mm-hmm. the character that she's writing? And it's obviously a very clear metaphor for uh, her, uh, her fiancé or her husband or whoever it is. Yeah. So, although they're... Uh, their plot isn't really closed, is it? Because she discovers that uh, he's a, sort of a double agent or he's a rat. And yeah. we, don't, we don't really get closure on that, do we? No. Yeah, which is sort of strange to me. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's when that brings us right to the end. That's, that's yeah. everything. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> that was quick. Well, the movie's, the movie's not that long. Yeah. You're right. I guess uh, it's sort of like when we reviewed Free Fire. Yeah. It's just like, you're like, we're here already? Like, it seems so much longer. And the movie doesn't drag. By, like, there's there's a couple scenes, like I said, with Dr. Lee that feel like they're completely unneeded and unnecessary. But overall, this movie, the the time, the hour 40 time on it is uh, is does a lot for the pacing of it. It's a pretty fast-paced movie uh, overall. So, yeah, I... I was pretty satisfied when the credits started rolling outside of a couple of nitpicks here and there. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. So, um, final thoughts on Infernal Affairs, Sam. Actually, no, uh, before, before we do that, um, yeah. do you want to discuss some of the other major differences between this and The Departed? Sure. Uh, did you have anything in mind? Well, yeah, like like I said, like the Vera Formiga character in The Departed isn't 
doesn't really well she's kind of a, an amalgamation of two characters from this one yeah. um she looks like meryl streep in comparison to the uh to female characters in this movie yeah the the, few, the the three female characters in this movie don't really have much to do the only one that does have something to do is lao's fiance and she is pretty good um yeah. then we have um in there's no real analog for french from the which Departed. is upsetting because french is a great character yeah french is a great character um there's no there's zero analog for Sergeant Dingham. And the Academy Award nominated uh, Mark Wahlberg for yeah. Sergeant Dingham. <laughs> and there's no real um, analog for Alec Baldwin's character either. Which is upsetting. Yeah, I guess uh, S.P. Wong is sort of uh, Sergeant Dingham mixed with uh, Alec Baldwin's character mixed with Martin Sheen. Uh, he's just sort of all of those characters combined into one, or rather, those characters are all of are Wong divided by three. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, let's see, and then what? Uh, well, then the again the the major differences are the difference between like, we've, that we've already discussed the differences between Lau and Matt Damon's characters. They mm-hmm. play the same role, but their characters are completely different. Um. Han and Jack Nicholson. Hmm. I guess they're fairly similar. Yeah, Jack Nicholson's character uh, is a little bit more vulgar. He's there's a lot more yes. uh, sexual undertones and overtones with him. Uh, he's a lot more. I, I think anyone would describe him as a little bit more of like a psychopath. He's a lot more villainous. Yeah, he's a, he definitely has a lot more villainous qualities. Uh, the boss in this movie, whose again name escapes me, and I don't have the Wikipedia page Bud open. Sam. Yeah, um, he doesn't strike me as very psychopathic. He strikes me as more of like a businessman sort yes. of persona. Yeah. Whereas Jack Nicholson is a flat out fucking crazy person. One hundred percent. Um, and then I let's see, and then obviously the endings are different, which you wanted to discuss. Yeah. Um. So. I don't really know off the top of my head how I feel about uh, about these endings because Lau, my instinct is to uh, again like the Departed one better because that's my instinct for everything because that's one of my favorite movies. But it, I'm not sure how I feel about Lau sort of getting away with everything because I know he's turned over a new leaf and they did they did do a good job of showing his transformation as a character and showing that he really does want to change and do good in the world. At the same time, he's done some fucked up shit. He's he's really like a lot of people have been affected by uh, the negatives that he's done. And he killed a couple of people, and he uh, indirectly or you know, yeah, basically directly got Jan killed and ruined his life uh, and deprived him of his retirement that he earned. And there was a lot of negative that came out of this, and I I liked the closure that we got with that storyline in The Departed. I liked how Matt Damon doesn't get away with it, although he makes less of an attempt to turn over a new leaf, so there's that difference. He makes no attempt to turn over a new leaf. So I'm still digesting it, honestly. I, I, I think I can appreciate both endings. I think both endings have merit. Uh, my instinct, like I said, is to like the ending for The Departed a teensy bit more. I, I like the ending in the Infernal Affairs a lot better because I really like the character of Lau in this movie. I found him to be much more interesting and less of a villain than yeah. Matt Damon. Matt Damon, at no point are you ever rooting for Matt Damon. Not 
at least not me. I, I can't speak for everybody, but I'd be surprised. Well, I mean, you get shot in the fucking face. <laughs> so what, what more could you want for that plot line is what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, like Lau, I, I like Lau. He comes across as he comes across as a great character. He's incredibly good at his job. Um, <clears throat> Matt Damon just kind of seems to be a sniveling, whining little fucking dirtbag. Um, yeah. And Matt Damon does a great job portraying him. Um, yeah. I just re- I really enjoy- I really like the character of Lau, and I really like that they're allowing him to be redeemed. Um, I I don't know what there's two sequels to this movie. I don't know what they touch upon. Uh, I don't I don't even know if the act the same actors are in them. Um, but I I I liked that. Um, I don't feel that Lau got away with it. I feel that Lau's on his path to redemption and to make up for it. And if he continues with the great work that he shows he's capable of in this movie, then I think he, he's fully capable of redeeming and paying back what he did. Unfortunately, that did cost the, the force an, an incredible undercover man in, in Chan and, of course, Superintendent Wong. Um, yeah. But I, I love the character of Lau. I, I like the difference in the endings. Uh, I like the I, – I, don't get me wrong. I, I love the ending. Um, for The Departed because it suits what Matt Damon's character was. He was a piece of shit, a yeah. conniving little fucking rat who got what he deserved. Um, yeah. In Infernal Affairs, I like Lau uh, a lot, and I like that he was able to be redeemed. If I had a choice, I'd rather have Chan alive because yeah. he deserved to live. Um, but I, 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 li- I really like this ending. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely don't have a problem with the Infernal Affairs ending. Uh, I, it might just take a little bit of time to grow on me, it being so fresh in my mind. Uh, at the same time, I'm glad that uh, Martin Scorsese departed from the source material, as oh, it were. Oh, Jesus. I've been waiting to use that pun for like an hour. Holy <laughs> fuck. File that shit. <laughs> I regret nothing. All right. So uh, did you? is there anything that you wanted to touch on about the differences between the movies? Um, no, not really. I, I think I, I basically said everything I needed to. There were a couple of plot lines that were left out or maybe neglected, mostly due to the shorter runtime. Um, I really liked how fleshed out uh, both the central characters and The Departed were. I really could have used a little bit more of that, um, as well as a little bit more fleshing out of Wong and Yan's relationship. Um, I could have used their relationship a little bit more fleshed out, but again, these are all um mostly uh because of the runtime yep. i think is is the main issue for me and the main thing i have a problem with some of the more emotional stuff that happens in the departed doesn't hit with the same beat for me in this movie because it feels a little bit more rushed but that's maybe my main complaint totally get it all uh, right final thoughts on infernal affairs and then a score out of five from you sam please um infernal affairs is a pretty damn good movie I can see why it got the hype that it did. I can see why you recommended it so highly, and I can see why it, you know, as I was researching for this episode, you know, the the meta scores and the Rotten Tomatoes and uh, everything is just uh, plus, plus, plus. Uh, It didn't do it for me as much as I would have liked. I could have used a little bit more runtime, a little bit more fleshing out of characters, um, and uh, a little bit more comedy, which is something we briefly touched on, but... If there was a lot of comedy in this movie, it was unfortunately lost in translation. That's something The Departed is absolutely chock full of. Um, So for me, The Departed is still king, but uh, I'm glad you recommended it, and I'm happy to give it a 3 out of 5. I loved Infernal Affairs. Um, 
I loved it from when I saw it. I still loved it now. Rewatching it now reminded me of how much I liked it. Um, rewatching it now, uh, it did provide me an insight into, again, some of those dangling plot holes, um, unnecessary characters. You know, like I said, you could have cut out those two scenes with the supposed mother of his child. Um, I think it's because of my my love of this movie that I wasn't able to appreciate The Departed as much because mm-hmm. I, like I said, it follows this this story really, really closely. Um, so any of the big emotional beats um, I saw coming. Um, but that being said, that doesn't take away from The Departed my enjoyment of it. Um, the the choices the choices of being different um, I liked. Um, but all in all, the, the, the similarities uh, on the plot lines, I kind of liked how Infernal Affairs handled them a lot more. Um, I love this movie. This is an easy four out of five for me. Okay. Good stuff. That wraps up uh, our review of Infernal Affairs slash The Departed comparison. Um we have something lined up for next week. Sam and I had another little uh, head-to-head matchup on our Quiz Up app. Um, do we want to go play-by-play or we just want to do the uh, the final results here, Sam? Uh, I'm actually trying to find it and I'm not finding it on uh, on Quiz Up right now. Uh, I think just the summary should be fine. I don't know how people are, are liking the full recaps, but it's maybe something we can get some feedback on if uh, the quiz recaps are, are doing it for you or if you just want to get the the... Uh, the spark notes version as it were yeah that's great if anybody listening out there when we do our play-by-play of our head-to-head matchup on quiz up if you guys like it or don't please let us know we would love to hear from you you can Mm -hmm. contact us at uh, sam manning movie podcast at gmail.com or you can message us right on our facebook page at uh, sam and manny movie podcast please Mm -hmm. like us on there uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. That will raise our profile and will allow other people to find us. Also, if you do like the show, please, why don't you tell your friends and family about us? Get them listening too. We'd love to. Uh, we'd love to hear more about that. Um, but yeah, if anybody that's listening, if you guys like our play-by-play recaps of our head-to-head matchups, um, let us know if you like them. If you don't, and then you know we're democratic. Majority wins. Uh, because Sam can't find it, we're just going to give you the uh, the short version. Um, Which is a shame because this one was a nail biter. This one, <laughs> <laughs> this one came down to the wire. <laughs> it sure did. Uh, Sam, go ahead. Uh, well, I I obviously got to choose the got to choose the topic again. Uh, Manny and I only have the rule as far as topics go that uh, it has to be movie related. I could have like. I've been an asshole, I think, once before and chosen Harry Potter, which Manny hasn't seen and I've seen all of multiple times. Um, but for the most part, I try to keep it pretty general because I'm an honorable person, goddammit. Yeah. I chose, chose Star Wars today, which uh, proved to be the wrong decision because <laughs> Manny, in a, in a come-from-behind victory, uh, took it for, I believe, the fourth or fifth time in a row. So uh, starting to feel like the Cleveland Browns uh, haven't, uh, haven't won a game in what feels like about two years. Um, side note, uh, I know you don't watch football, Manny, but the Cleveland Browns haven't won a game in two years, and they just ended their losing streak with a tie, which I think is the most hilarious thing ever on a uh, on a missed field goal in, the, in overtime. Oh. So, <laughs> That's just, just sad. Leave it, leave it to the Cleveland Browns to find a way to end a losing streak without winning. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's me right about now. But I will uh, I will persevere, and uh, you'll, you'll see me again 
Perfect. <laughs> All right, so since I won uh, our quiz up matchup again, I get to pick the movie we're going to do next week. And because if you listen to this episode at all, you already know what I'm picking. I'm going to pick the classic 1997 film starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, Face Off. I'm excited, actually, because this has been on my list for a long time to watch. I, I love old shitty Nicolas Cage movies. And from what I understand, this one isn't even like it, – it's like a – it's like a good bad movie. This it's is way over the top. And... Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's fun. I, I know how you're gonna get a hold of this. I, I, pretty sure I own this on Blu-ray. Okay, <laughs> but I don't know if I have access to it. Either yeah. way, I'm gonna find out. Uh, I, I can't wait to rewatch this movie. I, I fucking, <laughs> I love this movie. I saw it in theaters. I fucking love this movie. I am. This was actually already on my list, and I was kind of waiting for it to pop up on Netflix for us to pick it. But now that it came up, I was full-blown on board. Next week, Sam and I are going to be tackling Face Off. I've got some uh, Nicolas Cage movies lined up myself and the Guilty Pleasures lineup, but I have to win a fucking match before I uh, (laughs) I get to choose one of those. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's been one I've wanted to watch for a while. I'm very intrigued to see what... uh, John Woo's all about, and very excited to watch a movie with tons of doves in it, apparently. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) So, I'll recap again. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please give us a five-star rating and leave a review, as that will raise our profile. Uh, If you like what you're listening to, please tell your family and friends. Uh, The more listeners we get, the better off we're going to be. We'd love to hear any feedback you guys have. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Sam and Manny Movie Podcast. Um, or you can email us, sammanniemoviepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I have been getting some texts and uh, some other messages from my friends about the show, uh, which reminds me, Sam, I need to share uh, a couple of them with you. Um, I love the feedback we got. Uh, I love hearing from you guys. Uh, we love doing this for you guys. Um, so on that note, uh, we'll say goodbye for the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm Manny Manuel. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios.